Reading from Acts 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. I ask God's blessing on the reading of his word. So in our text today, we're introduced to this, uh, this woman, Lydia. And uh, everything we know about Lydia is found in these few short texts. And yet, as we read this short story about Lydia, we, we can actually uh, surmise a lot about this woman. She, she had to have been a remarkable person because here she is. She is a business owner. She, she deals in purple, which is an extraordinary thing for a woman in her time. First century uh, Roman world, women didn't really hold a lot of place. Particularly in Jewish culture, uh, women were really needed to be attached to a man of some sort. Uh, the assumption here is that she is a widow of some, of some kind, but clearly she has been carrying on this business of selling purple cloth and has become quite prominent in her own right within the, the city of Philippi. She was a, a Gentile, what we call a God worshiper, so, which means she was a Gentile, but a Gentile who had an affinity for uh, Jewish life and, yet, and, and worshiped with Jewish people, yet had not, had not taken that extra step of becoming Jewish herself. Much like many of you non-Baptists sitting in the congregation today, right? <laughs> who, uh, who are, you know, have one foot in <laughs> and are thinking about the rest, right? So, <laughs> so, which is a lot like that. And so she was, she, she was attached to the Jewish community there in some way. And yet she was still, she was a, a, a Roman and a Gentile. Uh, the fact that she dealt in purple cloth meant that she interacted with the the highest echelon, the highest caste, if you will, uh, of society around there. Purple was a very expensive dye, and only certain class of people were even allowed to wear purple. Um, you could be in a lot of 
trouble if you went parading around in purple and you were not of a particular class. Uh, it, it, you would get in trouble for impersonating someone who had class. <laughs> uh, and they, that would get you thrown in jail or something. So, so she, she, she hobnobbed with the elite there in Philippi. Philippi, which is a, an ancient city that was founded by Philip uh, Macedon, who is the father of Alexander the Great. And it was, an, it was an uninteresting city until it was rediscovered by the Romans, and then it became an, a, an important trading center. And so that's, uh, that's why Paul was there. And so here is this, here is this amazing, amazing woman who, had, who leads a household of her own. She, we're told that when she had a conversation with Paul and came to a faith in Christ, and uh, and joined the the uh, messianic Judaism sect of Christians that were uh, running around there. That her whole household was was baptized. She was the head of the household uh, of a whole bunch of servants, probably maybe her own children. Uh, this woman had pr- a prominent leadership role in this community, and there she was. Uh, interacting with Paul. And I, so I offer this to those who would say Paul did not think women should lead. And they quote some, some of Paul for that. I would refer them to this inconsistency in that Paul loved women who led and relied on them. It, it's uh, basically Lydia became a patron of the early church and her household became the headquarters for Paul's missionary efforts in Philippi. And if you want to know how significant that is, go read Philippians, <laughs> which is a letter Paul wrote to this church that he founded uh, there in Lydia's household. So a very strong and important woman. Reminds me of all the ladies and uh, who run this church. <laughs> there are a lot of strong leaders who run this church. And when I read this last line in this text today, that she prevailed upon us. Basically that what that means is she came to Paul and she said, look, if... if if you think, if you feel like I've been faithful, then you come stay at my house. And I suspect Paul put up some kind of resistance to that idea. And she said, no, you come stay at my house, <laughs> is what I'm, I'm extending an invitation and you are going to accept it and come to my, it kind of reminds me of Shirley Rogers, our uh, moderator, uh, she she handed me a check one day, and I'm like, Shirley, you don't need to give me that. And she yelled at me. <laughs> she said, hey, don't take my blessing. <laughs> Do not steal my blessing away. I am giving you this check, and you're going to take it, and that will be a blessing to me. Lydia reminds me of that, <laughs> this last line. So a strong woman who was used to leading, who had no problem stepping in, and uh, solving problems and taking care of people, her own people, and, and, and being a, a woman of prominence and leadership. We need those women in the church, amen? Uh, and and we, we have relied on them for our 135 years here at First Baptist Church. So, uh, and it's amazing that Paul and Lydia even got together in the first place because 
Paul actually, it, it could have never happened except for a whole series of events. Paul wasn't even going to Macedonia. He was going, he, will, he wanted to go east. His plan was to leave Jerusalem and with the blessing of Peter and everybody, and his plan was to go to the east, to go to, uh, to, to they called it Asia at the time, but really it's modern day Turkey is where he was headed. And we are told in just a few verses before this one, we are told that he was stopped by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit stopped him and would not allow him to go into Asia. Okay, so he didn't go into Asia. That's where he was going. But he stopped and he said, all right, the Lord doesn't want us to go to Turkey for some reason. And so, uh, and then he received this vision of a man from Macedonia, a man from Greece, modern day Greece, uh, who uh, was prevailing upon Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. A cry for help from Macedonia. And so Paul had this vision and he loaded up Barnabas and Timothy and they headed out for Macedonia and after taking a stop at a couple of places ended up in Philippi. Again, this place that was known uh, for trade and, and various other things. And Paul's normal course was to go into a city and to go immediately on the first Sabbath to the synagogue. And he would go into the synagogue and he would start talking about Jesus. And then he would show up the next Sabbath and start talking about Jesus. Well, by the third Sabbath, Paul was usually kicked out of the synagogue. <laughs> but Paul would be kicked out of the synagogue and take a couple of folks with him. And then go start a church uh, in that particular city. Paul did this over and over again. He would nag the synagogues about Jesus until he got kicked out and then he and a few people who kind of bought into it would go and start another church this was his this was his missionary style and and how he got a lot accomplished but for some reason in philippi he didn't do that he didn't go to the synagogue he went to the riverside where there was a gathering of women who were praying. He was, he was going there to pray. And I, my assumption is that these women were also there to pray. And Paul shows up, again, against those who say Paul has a problem with women. Paul shows up, and, if, you know, good, good synagogue-going Jews didn't sit around talking to women, <laughs> right? Uh, they, they pretty much avoided that. But Paul sees all these women, and... Uh, he feels like the Lord has brought him there. And so he starts to talk to them about Jesus. And Lydia jumps on board and gets baptized and then extends to him. Her immediate response is one of hospitality. And what an amazing thing that the Paul even got there. Paul could have ignored the Holy Spirit and pressed on into Asia. Maybe he knew so he heard about Constantinople and how great it was and he was going to go take in a show already had reservations right? already had reservations at the hotel instead he cancelled all that and, and stuck around Jerusalem then he had this vision he could have ignored that vision could have assumed it was indigestion or something like that but no he paid attention to that he said the Lord is telling me something uh, I need to go to Macedonia incidentally he never 
he never, never saw this guy. He has no idea who this guy is who called him to Macedonia. He just went to Macedonia and started preaching. So he loads up everyone. They go, instead of going east, they went west to, uh, to Greece. And Lydia was the first European convert to Christianity. It was Lydia. Uh, the, started this whole European Christian thing that happened. So here he is in Greece, and he could have gone to the synagogues. He could have seen these women and said, oh, this isn't the prayer place for us. Let's, let's go find another spot. But no, he was, painting, he was, he was listening and, and looking, and he started to share the message that God had implored in his heart. Some would call this serendipity. Uh, some would call this being in the right place at the right time. I call it paying attention. I call it paying attention. I think Paul was listening to what God was saying and and opening his eyes and his ears to see where is God using me? Where is God directing me? Where is God taking me next? What is that Holy Spirit leading me to do now? And he's asking these questions and that that it was a combination of spiritual intervention by the Holy Spirit and faithfulness on the part of Paul and his companions. Amen? It's a combination of that spiritual intervention, that leading, that unction, that thing that happens in us that says God is working around us and it's our attitude, our orientation, if you will, toward that leading of the Spirit. And had Paul not oriented himself to pay attention to where God is working in his life and in the life of the church around him, we would not have Lydia, we would not have Philippians, we would not have European Christianity, for good or for ill, however you want to look at that, and we would not have all of those things. It's about kind of paying attention and allowing yourself to be used of the Spirit. Even... Even when sometimes it doesn't make sense. I, you heard me last week. I was lamenting that I got shivvied into a debate about homosexuality up at the university by this guy who baits people into having debates about homosexuality. And I confess that he wiped the floor with me uh, uh, at that thing. And how I, I was talking about how I regretted doing that and will never get talked into doing something like that again. And uh, Eric Canfield came to me after the service and said, well, you know, that's why I came to church, was because you were at that event. And someone had told me what, a, what an abysmal uh, performance you did, but, <laughs> but you were there. And so that prompted Eric, who's the bass player in the band, to come and look at our church. Amen? Amen. Paying attention. And willing to step out in faith and be faithful to that calling that we, we hear, that still small voice of God saying, reach out to this person. Go over here even though it's uncomfortable. Try this new thing because God is going to bless you in that. Uh, stretch yourself. Give, give to a point that you're nervous about it. Do all these, do these things that the Spirit is prompting you to do. And the blessings, they come after the fact. They ensue after that. 
Amen? The encouragement I hear from the text today is to pay attention and, and orient yourself. And I will orient myself to the leading of the Spirit. And I will make myself available to that Spirit's leading in the hope of heaven, the hope of the kingdom of God, the hope of that spiritual connection between God and ourselves and other people. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we commit ourselves to following your spiritual interventions and your spiritual guidance. And yet we know it, it demands faithfulness on our part. May we go into every day orienting ourselves toward you. That we might know your leading, that we might hear your still small voice, and that we might have the opportunity to respond faithfully and receive the blessings that come as a result. We thank you for the witness of Lydia and all the strong women who have led the church from the beginning and who have led this church in particular. We ask all of this in the name of Christ. Amen.